Welcome to Connect Church Podcast with Louise Cardozo. It's great to be here with you this morning and to share a message from God's heart to you and to me entitled The Why and Because of Our Lives. The Why and Because of Our Lives. So I would like to just ask you to think for a while. Just imagine uh, if you had to describe your life, if you had to put the purpose or your mission statement or the purpose of your life or the reason why you live, the because of your explanation of life, what would you say? If someone asks you, just summarize the purpose and, and the reason and anything, why do you exist or why do you live or why are you on this planet? How would you explain? What would come after the because? I would like to invite you to think about this today as we continue to reflect and to grow on the understanding and the preparation of Christmas. That is not just lights and Christmas candle and chocolate and whatever else it is. It's a lot more than that, a lot deeper than that. And we cannot miss the best part in order to just have something that is good. So I'd like to read for us and invite you to open your Bible or your app on your phone and read with me the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 22. I preached on this text, I think, four or five months ago. I remember that, so don't worry. I'll be sharing something different on this text, but I would like to invite you to read with me. So Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 22, the Bible says, When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and as was his custom. He stood up to read, and a scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives, and to recover the sight of the blind, and to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. They began to say to them, he began to say to them, This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing today. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came out of his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? Father, this is your word. Speak to us, bless us, renew us, reshape us to the glory of your name, we pray. Amen. So, Jesus 
is the Lord. And this is the first time, the first public sermon of Jesus. The first time that he public addressed himself or addressed the crowds preaching on this way. And he brings something really, really powerful that he was using Isaiah to say. And again, that's what I preached five, six uh, months ago when he says that he came for the poor, the destitute of wealth, power, influence, position, honor, the needy and helpless. That's what I said. And he came for the captives, literally being people that were literally being held captive or captured or at a spear point unable to free themselves or the blind physically or mental blindness. You know, the root word can also mean clouded by pride. Look how awesome that was, I hope, when I shared. And then we, we saw as well that he came for the oppressed, the beaten, the broken, the least, the lost, the broken, the shattered into pieces. And he came and he said, look, that's why God sent me. He sent me to communicate the word and to communicate the gospel, to proclaim, Woo! I have arrived. And a new season in your life will start. But then today I want to base this message in one word on a verse 18 that he used from uh, Isaiah. But then gives another meaning. That is the word because. Lewis, are you preaching about because? Yes, I am. And that's exactly what I want to say today. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because, because. And there is one word you will learn on the original and will never ever forget. Because is the original word Heineken. Or very similar way you would pronounce the beer, the drink the, from, from Holland. So you'll never forget that. And I don't know why I made this association. But that's it, guys. Heineken. That is because. But do you know what that means? Every other time that was used on the Bible, every other time that was used in other writings, they were explaining the because, the reason why they were saying that. So, in other words, when, you know, they use this word Heineken, they were saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and that's the reason I can say it. That's the reason I'm showing you, I'm proving you, I'm helping you to be assured that I am the anointed one. I am proving you why the Spirit of the Lord is open me. I am showing and telling and showing and proving and explaining in a statement. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. I am anointed by God, Jesus was saying. How can I prove that? How can I show you that? How can I demonstrate this amazing statement that I'm making? How can I help you to see that what I'm saying is true? And today I'd like to say four ways that we can see through this text that what Jesus was saying is true. The because, the reason why that is behind. And guys, I've been telling that for so long. We, when I say we, is the Christian church in the world, has been failing people for so long. Jesus has not failed us. He will never fail and He continues to be amazing, powerful, incredible, more than words can describe. But Christian church has been uh, uh, letting people down because it's full of human people. 
So if we find a perfect place, don't go because we'll be ruined with us. But the thing is, we are almost like a bakery. And that's how institutions work. They are a bakery talking about bread. And then when people come and ask about bread, what, what this bakery called church, many times they do. Let's put everybody together to study seven weeks this recipe and let's go through how to prepare bread. And let's bring this person from Saudi Arabia that can make bread how, as no one else. And will teach us how to make bread. And let's study about the power of the flour on the bread. And now someone is coming with this that uh, they don't use flour to make bread. So let's study this bread now. And people goes on and on and on and on about that and all the products. And they have the stores called church and they have the, the baker or, or the bread maker called pastor and leadership team. That's what the bread maker would be. They have the cashier that is the treasure. They have everyone, you know, on that place and everyone working on that place. But when people actually ask, can you show me the bread? Church has been failing to give that to people, to deliver that to people. When people come and say, can you show me the why? Can you show me the reason that you can show me that what you are saying is true? How can I see God at work? How can I understand that He is really real? How can I receive this power in my life? How can I have friendship with Jesus in a way that you guys are saying? And when they ask that, what they are asking is, I love all the theory about the bread, but what I want is that fluffy white hot bread in my hands that I want to have. How can I know that's true? And look, when someone asks that, there is no seven-week study, there is no 365 hymns or 10 contemporary songs or anything else that can fulfill apart from God Himself. And that's what we need to learn. We don't need to try to be God because He's very good in being God. What we need to be is people that are so full of bread that when people ask the why, we'll say, because of this, because he lives, because of this, Heineken, because the reason why I can show you that is through these things. And, and these things are the first one that I see Jesus proving he is God himself. And that's the first thing today is that he didn't avoid difficult topics. He didn't avoid difficult places. And that's what I love in Jesus. He never avoided places that I was. And I thought I was alone because I thought no one could get there with me. Because that's, that's the trap that I was. Or, 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 or the depression that I was. Or the sin that I was. Or all that bad situation. And I said no one will ever be willing to come here to rescue me. But every time that I allowed, I found Jesus right there by my side saying let's get out of here together. He never avoid difficult places or difficult topics to talk to his children. Jesus didn't invite the church to avoid being polemic or, or avoiding difficult places or avoiding difficult anything. He asked us and he said that we had the light inside of us go and shine. We are not going to be, you know, nice, correctly, politically correctly people. We are called to be Christians. And sometimes that is to put the world upside down. Actually, that's how people were called. The true Christians were called the people that put the world upside down. And that's your call and my call. So don't avoid topic and places. Go! You know, this uh, uh, 
Bible reading that Jesus made. It's so interesting. It's so amazing. Do you know why? Because this, he, he, he opened Isaiah. And actually he read Isaiah 61 verse 1 and 2. But he put one phrase from Isaiah 58, 6 on the middle. He took Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 and put Isaiah 58, 6. And then especially that part to let the oppressed free. It's from Isaiah 58. So when he mixed, and that was all right on that time, they could read parts like we do today. And when he put it together, he made his statement of that's how I can prove because I'm here for all of this. But what calls my attention most of anything is that he purposely did not continue because the, if, if you read the text, we'll continue to start to, to make very clear that judgment was coming and he transforms that in salvation. So Jesus brought what he was and finished with the purpose of his life. I'm here on difficult places on, to talk about difficult topics because that's life. Life is not everybody nice for Sunday morning. Life is messy sometimes. And that you know what? Jesus is right there in the messy areas of our lives. And that's why I love him. He's more practical than anything I can ever try to think. And not just part of a ritual on a Sunday morning. But let me tell you something. He brought this subject on a place. A subject of this is what I'm here to do to release these people and to transform these people on a place where no one would do that. Jesus was in Nazareth. Yes, Nazareth was a very small city, town. They had, most scholars would say, around 300 people at that time at most. So if you think you live in a small place, imagine Nazareth. It was very small. But one thing of Nazareth you need to know is that Nazareth was only six kilometers or four miles from a Galilean city called Sepphoris. Why is that important for me on a Sunday and Monday, Louis? Because of these guys. Sepphoris was a city that was very famous because they, they called themselves people of justice. They would do all that Jesus was saying, but 20 years before Jesus proclaimed this justice, all that justice of Sepphoris brought a big revolution. And they tried to be independent from the Romans, and they tried to be self-sufficient. And on this way, the Romans came and destroyed the seat completely. They destroyed everything. So, imagine you... And four miles from your house, the city was just in, destroyed and just smoke coming out. One thing that you, there are some subjects, there are some issues that you just don't talk about. Because people are all sensitive. They still remember the relatives that die. They still see the smokes coming from the, the destructed city and all of that. But what Jesus said, you know what, guys, I know you tried it before. I know it that, that you try to set the people free on your own ways. I know that you try to remove all the chains, all, all everything that was keeping people blind and under the Romans, and you tried on your, on your way. And what did you get from that? Destruction, death, and even worse results. But you know what? Now, here is the time where the anointed one, the one in the name of the Lord is coming or has come and I will do all that in God's way. 
And you know what? That will not lead to further destruction. That will not lead to further complication, but to eternal life. So guys, what that means to you and to me on this Christmas means that maybe we have tried to achieve all this good news and helping the poor and setting the captives free and recovering the eyes of the blind and allow people to know that there is hope for them. But we tried on your own ways. And Jesus is saying, you know what? That doesn't work because I am the peace and the joy and, the, and, and all of these that they need because I'm the only anointed one. I'm the Messiah. On this Christmas, don't try to do a nice celebration party on your own. On your own. Do it on the power of God. On the Messiah. Share with the world. Hey, I'm not Sepphoris. This place that tried on their own and were destroyed. I am Nazareth. A place that born or, or a place where the Messiah is. That's our call. Your call and my call today. Second thing, guys. I could stay on this point one forever, but, but I need to go to point two. Point two is that, so one, he didn't avoid difficult topics or difficult places. And the point two is he didn't avoid people in difficult situation. And he didn't avoid difficult people. What a great God we have. He is with us. That's the meaning of Christmas. He is. But you know what? The only religion in the world where we say God came to us instead of us trying to please Him before anything else happens is Christianity. The Bible says that when we were still enemies, He came and He had said to come. God never avoided difficult people or people in difficulties. Man, all other religions, they don't want really, God really doesn't have anything to do with failure, or people, or losers, or people in, in difficult anything. That, that's not God. They're God. Their God is only care for the victorious one, for the rich, for, for, for the wealthy. Actually, for all the other religions in the world, that's all symbol that God is with you. If God is with you, then you will have all that. If not, then who's seen? But Christianity is more than that. It's Jesus saying to you and to me, I don't care if you are in difficulty. I'm with you. I love you. Even if the whole world calls you loser, I call you my son and my daughter. I don't care if the whole world looks to you and say you are worthless. For me, you are worth my blood. Every single drop of the blood of Jesus that he shed on that cross is because when he looks at you, he sees himself and God sees Jesus in you and you are worth it. Look how awesome is that? And you know, he doesn't avoid difficult people. I was the most difficult people in the world. I, I'm still a little bit difficult, but, but I was a lot more but God is so amazing. He never avoided me. I, I'm terrible. I avoid people that are difficult. I need to confess that. I, I don't like difficult people very much. I love them in Jesus. But I just don't like to be 100% of my time with difficult people. Who does? Like, I'm really called for that people that just bothers me the whole day long. No, no one is. But let me tell you something. Jesus is crazy for these people. As well as he is for everyone else. 
So there are hope for me, a difficult person, and there is hope for everyone that is not so difficult because Jesus loves us to the cross and back. That is the practicality of the gospel. Is Jesus saying to you and to me and to everyone, hey guys, no matter your situation, no matter what you do, no matter who you are, I'm for you. You are my guy. You know, one thing that I hear from some sometimes is, uh, and, I, and for a Brazilian, that's, that's funny. But when he says to his friends, like, oh, dad, I'm going to such person, he's my boy. I said, all right. You know, but Jesus looked to us all and said, it's my boy, it's my girl. They are mine. No one, no one touched them. They are mine. I'm with them. And it's not a, a symbol how you are. It's not a symbol of how much God loves you. How much God loves you, that's why we can have salvation and transformation. That's it. Number three, guys. How can I be assured that Jesus is the anointed one, that He said He is? Is that He is the salvation that people want in a way beyond what people expect. Man, I love that. When I think, and, and I was studying the, the story of Sepphoris and Nazareth this week, and uh, man, I said, God, wow, Sepphoris really wanted all of that, but on their way, and, and that was ruined. But then Jesus comes 20 years ago and just said to a people in a city of 300 people, they had all the reasons to think, you know, that never happens here. If will happen, maybe go to New York, Jesus. Not here in, in, in Hyde, in Motron, where I live. No, 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 not here, Lord, no. Goes to London, that's where... You know, Jesus comes to this 300 people town. I can't imagine the size of the synagogue because they nobody is very sure of to agree on the size. But if it's a 300 people, man, it, it'd be very small. Maybe just a couple of dozen people there. And, and Jesus was there and he delivered the most amazing statement of himself in the beginning of his preaching time. No other religion shows us something like that. Jesus is the Savior of the world. But you know what is more, even more amazing than He's the Savior of the world? Is that He wants to be your Savior and my Savior. He died for us. And He's inviting us to participate on this eternal life and salvation that we have in Him. In Him. Christmas. Let's go beyond the appearances. Let's go beyond the theory. Jesus doesn't want a theoretical Christianity. And, and, and that's so powerful. There is nothing wrong about go to theory and study, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is not to make a, bun of, a, a group of Pharisees and just let's discuss law. The gospel is about normal people enjoying Jesus on a day-to-day -day life and sharing the difference that He makes and growing on this friendship with Him. That's the gospel. That's your call, my call. Lois, but I'm not a theologian. Jesus wasn't a theologian. He was God. None of, you know, most of the people that made a huge difference in the, in the world, they, they were not what we would call, this is the person. But you know what? God does and uses who He wants. The theologians and the not-theologians. He used the pastor and He used not-pastors. He used everyone because for God, doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter, your titles will not impress him or the lack of your titles will not limit him. He looks to you and me and he says, children, he looks to N.T. Wright, the most amazing theologian in this country, and he will say, my child. He will look to anyone and he will say, my child. So remember that all things you can do under the heaven will not impress God. And any, the lack of anything you may think of will not let him down. You know why? Because from God is the will and the realization of his will. That's what the Bible says. And he's the power to move you, to help you and to bless you. And the last thing I would like to talk to you today is that we can be assured that Jesus is the anointed one because through him we will receive to give. As much as we give, we will receive. Hallelujah. That's the theme of our Christmas, as Danny said already. Receive and give. And, and when Amanda came with this idea and, and Danny and, and on their conversation, I was blown away. Because sometimes the message that we get in Christmas is all about me. And all about my gift, my special dinner, my special moment, that special socks that I'm sure my grandma will give me. And she forgets that now my size is 12. She keeps giving me number 8. So if anyone is number 8, let me know. I'll give you my socks this year. So, you know, it, it, Christmas is not about that Christmas is all about receiving gift it's all about hey guys I don't want you to be a bakery without bread I don't want you to be concerned with the nice table in the bakery the nice sign the nice lights the nice uh, ornamentation is that English word ornamentation decoration, decoration. If it's not English, might not be Portuguese because they don't know. So, uh, I don't know, guys. Uh, it's not about all that. It's not about the jingle bells when you enter. It's not the music. It's the most wonderful time. No, no, it's not about all that. What God is saying, what Jesus is saying, Hey, guys, great all that. Keep the bakery open. Woohoo! Put the lights and the songs and the most wonderful time of the year. But you know what? Don't miss the fact that you're supposed to give bread. And that's what makes a bakery amazing. It's not all the other things, it's the bread. And you know what? In Christmas, don't forget the bread of heaven. And the bread of heaven, the living bread is called Jesus. He is the reason for this season. He is how we can know that Christianity is actually true. This is how we can show to the world that our, our, our gospel is not vain words. Bread of heaven, living bread. That is Jesus that came, that served, that loved, and now is the door for us to be with Him now and forever. The living bread of God. That is the because. If ever you wonder, what is the why? And because of, of my faith, of Christ, of my purpose, remember that the bread of heaven, the living bread that is called Jesus Christ. Father, we are in love with you, Lord. We love you. 
And Father, we don't want just to have a theoretical gospel. We want to have a gospel that is practical, that glorifies you, and that helps the world to know that Jesus is alive. Use us, move to us, help us, Father, today to not avoid difficult topics or difficult places as well, but to love. Help us not to avoid difficult people or people in difficulties. Help us to understand that you are the salvation, Lord. We are called to be Nazareth and not Sepphoris. And help us to receive the gift of salvation, to receive you, to receive all that this season will bring, but to not forget that we are called to give. And the most amazing gift that we can ever give is the gift of knowing Jesus, the bread of heaven, the living bread. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. Thanks for joining the Connect Church Podcast. If you'd like more information or to ask us a question, please go to www.cntchurch.co.uk.